Hello and welcome to the Core Perform Corner, where registered dietitians and personal trainers teach you how to optimize your gut health, hormones, and fitness. Our team has utilized the trademark and evidence-based Core Perform protocol to transform over 500 lives mentally and physically. Here at Core Perform, we have three core values that are family, communication, and care. So if you are ready, subscribe to join our family, communicate with us through our Facebook group to ask questions, and we'll take care of the rest. Please remember this episode should not be used as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. And now, let's get on to this week's question. Hello and welcome back to the Core Perform Corner where we do weekly live trainings for gut health and nutrition and training. Um, this week we have a bunch of awesome questions to start going over, so I will dive right in. The first question is, what are some ways to improve your gut health when you can't do supplements because of the liver? And so I asked her to elaborate on that. Um, she said she can't do any supplements for improving the gut um, because she has a liver issue. So this is a huge, huge, great opportunity to talk about the fact that herbals are not good for your liver. Like they are so toxic long-term to your liver and dangerous to your liver. So people who are on, who have like, um, a lot of inflammation, cirrhosis, whatever it is in the, like inflammation of their liver, a lot of them actually are told to avoid herbal supplements. So please remember, if you do have liver issues and things like that, yes, um, milk thistle is great for lowering your liver enzymes and things like that. But overall, um, a lot of these herbs can, can be harmful long term. And so being very careful and strategic and working with your dietitian properly um, to ensure that this is all safe for you is essential. Um, but there are so many things that we can do to improve our gut health that have nothing to do with supplements or herbs. Um, and that's like all of the speed topics that we talk about every single week where focusing on your sleep, your personal stress, your environmental stress, exercise, and um, diet. If you guys have questions on that, you can always go to my Facebook page or my Instagram page. And I have literally 50 ways to improve your gut health that have nothing to do with supplements already written out on it. All right. Do you guys have a question? Well, I just I have to comment on these comments down here. <laughs> Fitness because they're just hilarious. Um, but I mean, technically, Planet Fitness and YMCA, it doesn't really matter. Just wherever you can get the equipment that you need to do what you need to do. I love it. Yeah, no judgment. No judgment. <laughs> but it's still funny. Um, it is. I, I did get some questions here. Um, first off, just kind of want to say if I seem off or weird, I literally just found out that my grandpa passed away like five <gasps> minutes ago. So just oh. really um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> still got to work. Life still goes on. Um, I will grieve right after the call. <laughs> momentary distraction. All right, let's focus on this momentary distraction so that we can really focus on the healing aspect afterwards. Exactly. Thank you. Um, mm -hmm. So the first question I've got is how do you prevent rebounding post-show um, and really what that comes down to is having proper post-show protocols in place such as a strategic reverse diet uh, we want to keep an eye on your 
HPA access. Gosh, I can't even think right now. Um, Dude, get off this call. Get off this call. Can you send? Can you send us the questions? heard of coaches who like put people through prep and then on the day of their show day they just ghost them and they're like first time I've heard of that um the next question is elevated AST and ALT for about three years do you think it's due to celiac it started prior to any sorts of supplementation so again we have a question AST and ALT are both liver enzymes that often become elevated during times of stress um, or inflammation or whatever's going on in the body um now there's so many things that impact your liver enzymes Something as simple as training and then going to get your lab or your blood work can elevate your liver enzymes. Um, so that could wouldn't make need just to be retested. And there are just so many things. Would it be due to celiac? No. However, it could be due to just gut inflammation and just poor support nutritionally. Um, because if you were celiac and you weren't getting enough vitamins due to malabsorption, then yes, your liver might be overburdened because you're not providing it and it's not absorbing the nutrients it needs to actually function properly. Um, the next question is about supplementing and the best tips and practices. Like, do you space them out? Do you use them on a full or empty stomach? Um, AM or PM, things like that. So there's no tried and truth behind like spacing your supplements, but there's a lot of what makes sense, right? I mean, when we talk about things like probiotics, it makes sense to eat them with a meal so that the probiotics can feed on the food that you're eating, right? And when it comes to thyroid medication, you want to make sure that you're not consuming anything around the two hour period before or after. And it's because you want to make sure that it's actually absorbing properly because of the mechanism of action. So with supplements and medication, always just talk to your dietitian specifically. I can't go into depth about the specifics on that one too much. Um, do you have a question that you want to ask? Um, yeah, 
So the next one is our diuretics of necessity uh, prepping. Um, so we've seen a lot more diuretic use in the competition space in the last 10, 20 years. Um, it reached a what I think is kind of a pinnacle in these last five years where people have just been going using outrageous amounts. It's really, really dangerous. We're seeing a lot of negative effects from that. Um, and the, <laughs> I guess the answer really is just no, it's not a complete total necessity. Sometimes you will want to utilize something. Um, in my clients, I almost never go to the pharmaceutical or reach the pharmaceutical point. Um, it's still there on hand just in case, but usually I can get whatever I need done, um, even in like somewhat extreme situations with some herbals. Um, but no, it's not a necessity by any means. Absolutely, I would agree. And I would be very, 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 very careful with any sort of diuretics. 100%. Most dangerous drug in this point, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would, I would agree because it is, a, it's like an immediate effect, you know, like take testosterone, take a, take a steroid once. Okay, fine. But like take diuretic once and you might be dead. We, we can discuss the insulin and diuretic risks, but you know, that's a different conversation. Mm. Well, I, so many people out backstage, they were hydrated and I was like, that's like, that's terrifying. That's scary. Yeah. yeah. That's like a heart attack waiting to happen. Um, is there any way to tell if someone has a food sensitivity or if it's just psychological? Um, the way that we tell if you have food sensitivities on protocol too is doing a proper elimination and a proper reintroduction. And we teach you guys how to do this during core perform coaching and everything like that. So all of you guys are aware of how to do this. Um, so it's just like a basic like science equation, right? Like you have to eliminate all the factors and then strategically bring back one in in a tested environment strategically over time to make sure that there's no overlapping factors on a one day basis, right? So that's why we do reintroductions for three or four days straight for a lot of people. Um, now, some people... Um, it's not a delayed reaction and we know that they actually are sensitive, right? Like I'm not going to tell you and sit there while you're breaking out in hives that you are, we need to test this again tomorrow just to make sure, right? Like, again, that just doesn't make sense. Um, the next question is, uh, thoughts on superfoods like goji berries or elderberries. Are they beneficial or potentially dangerous? Some argue they have health benefits, but the packaging says that they expose you to chemicals such as lead. So, what do you have something to add on this? Oh, I just, I, I, I want to see what you say, but I feel like you're going to agree. Why would they have? Why would they maybe have lead in it? By the way, I further explain that, people. Um. So I'm assuming this is when they're talking about a when they're talking about. Um, powdered supplements which have been processed and put on machinery which have may have lead on them um, but b um, it also could be just the fact that they're in california and california has crazy crazy prop 65 yeah. whatever it is um, labeling so they have to put that stuff on every package. Like um, it's not even harmful for you at that point. Like a piece of lettuce would test positive for the the limits that California has. So um, yeah, like it's something so silly. So don't worry about that um, when it comes to lead um, or any sort of contaminant. Remember that whole foods are all nutritious. Like 
every food is good for you in a whole food form? Um, are they absolutely a part of your vital nutrition on a day-to-day basis? No, of course not. Um, there's so much variety and there's so many different good foods for different reasons, right? Like we can even say that like a donut is so good for you for a variety of reasons, just like we can say a goji berry is. Um, so yes, whole food first, um, and no, lead is not something you need to worry about. Do you feel like there's practical application for elderberry supplements or goji berry supplements? Not goji berry that I've utilized, but elderberry. I absolutely love doing the extract. But, oh, because remember I told you about this when you were sick once and I was like, start off your elderberry. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I love this one because it's super easy. Whole Foods has a dropper. So the careful thing is like, don't get, I know someone just said I eat elderberry gummies every day. Okay. Don't eat the gummies per se. (laughs) They're pretty low dosed and sugary and they're just basically like an excuse to eat candy. Um, But elderberry extract. So Whole Foods has like the actual extract in a tincture that you can drop on your tongue without any sort of syrup, no sugars added. It is just a pure extract. So anytime that I feel like I'm getting a sore throat or getting sick, what I'll do is I'll grab either elderberry or echinacea extract like that. And I'll just put it on my tongue every four hours. And honestly, I've done this a few times now. And the next day I wake up and my sore throat is gone completely. Like it is magic. <laughs> I know it's not magic, but if you, it feels like magic. Did it work for you like that too? Oh yeah, I've always loved elderberry. That's something like my grandma kind of pushed down to us, but I was using either gummies or like a pill form mm-hmm. before you told me that. Uh-huh. So that changed everything. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's a lot more potent um, yeah. when you do it like that for sure. Yeah. I've got elderberry and echinacea cocktails. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's an immune system booster for sure. Um, the next question is thoughts on Linzess for IBSC. If a client's prescribed this by a doctor, would adjusting their diet allow them to not rely on the med over time? Um, so absolutely, we have people that come off of Linzess all all the time. Um, we would love to get you off of Linzess for IBSC and through proper diet and lifestyle adjustments, this is absolutely possible. And it'll save you money too. Money and medication. No one likes to be wasting those two things. So surprisingly enough, that is all the questions on the Facebook group. So I'm opening it back up to you guys. If you guys have any questions and this people on this chat. Let's give it to Courtney because I think she had one. Somebody asked me a really good question that I had shared and I remember that I talked about it and it's an awesome question and it was regarding what nutrients should you incorporate when going off the birth control pill? Um, I'll touch on a few of them and then Josh, if I'm missing anything, fill in. You got it. Cool. Cool. Okay. So when you're coming off the birth control pill, birth control pills can deplete certain nutrients. So we want to make sure that we're getting those back and then supporting your everyday hormones, all of that. So usually we like to put everyone on a multi just to fill in the cracks. Other additional things that are super important, making sure you're getting enough fiber in, making sure you have vitamin A rich foods, so sweet potatoes, carrots, 
cod liver oil. Um, we want to support the liver to help continue to break down foods, so liver-supporting foods like bitter greens, dandelion, mustard greens, um, things like that, um, omega-3s, and really healthy fatty acids. So when we get clients that come off a uh, birth control pill, um, we like to make sure they're really getting adequate amounts of omega-3s and seed oil and all that good stuff for continued um, brain support, but also hormone function. Uh, other big ones, sulfur-rich foods, garlic, nuts, seeds, cruciferous vegetables, so like broccoli, cabbage, that kind of stuff. Um, variety is going to be the number one big one as far as making sure you're getting in all the colorful rainbow vegetables in there. How'd I do? Amazing. I think you went through our full... By the way, for all of our clients, our we have a full PDF handout that we give to our clients for coming off the pill, so... Um, Hint, hint. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Even the CP light gets them. Um, what would you do for excessive sweating? Um, I would sweat. I would allow my body to sweat and allow it to detox. Um, I wouldn't prevent it from trying to do so because it's a very healthy detox. One of our three detox pathways that we have pee, poop, and sweat. So if you're trying to block yourself off in one of the ends, we're not going to be happy or your body's not going to be happy there. So definitely just um, focus on replenishing like um, healthy hygiene practices and making sure that you're swapping out your shirts, your pants, whenever you need to putting on deodorant. Um, I like to use the brand Humble. It's like a four ingredient deodorant and I buy it for like five or $6 at TJ Maxx. Um, and it's only four ingredients, and it works great for me. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's like a sign of like thyroid dysfunction. And of course, you can check your labs too, like make sure you're not um, like your thyroid's not um, high or anything like that. But um, I actually realized that I skipped over some questions in the Facebook group. <laughs> so let me go back. Um, how do I eat low carb? Why don't you guys tackle that? Actually, Nick, why don't you? You've been quiet today. Your turn. I know. I've been, I've been kind of quiet. I haven't even, like, laughed yet. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Start now. How do you eat low-carb? Uh, well, for one, I don't know how anyone does low-carb because I love carbs. I think most people do. But uh, if I'm setting up somebody that wants to do low-carb, uh, I'm making sure we're making up for those uh, less calories with fats and proteins. Um, so uh, I might increase your protein percentage being like you know, 30 to 35 percent, uh, and then a vast majority of the rest of the um, calories can be fat, and then I'll save a little bit for carbs. And a lot of times, if someone's trying to do low carb anyways, I still like to put carbs around the workout time. So you're still giving your body sufficient energy for your workout. So that, that comes before during and after your workout that's when our body uses carbs the best and uh the rest of the time yeah we're all good to go would you add anything on that kind maybe a laugh uh, <laughs> um, not really. i mean as long as they were referring to um like how to structure their macros when they are going low carb um, if they're trying to get tips on how to i guess like get through the day on low carbs that'd be like a slightly different answer but if you have any questions on that you can just dm me personally and we can talk about that right 
Next question. So I'm trying to type in all of our questions at the same time silently. Um, regarding mold in a mycotox profile, what does mold in your system actually mean? Is it possible to truly get rid of it and how long can it take? There are so many other questions that follow up. So I'll just break it up a little bit by saying that mold in your system may not mean anything, right? It might just be a natural thing that you have a little bit of mold in your body. The only time that it becomes dangerous is if you are experiencing a lot of symptoms. So your health is being affected by it because everyone is sensitive to mold at different ranges. So for example, if you start getting a lot of allergic reactions and you become sensitive to a lot of foods and you're constipated and all of a sudden your adrenal glands are starting to completely put out and your cortisol is dropped to zero and you have no idea why, um, a lot of these things can be impacting your system silently. So it's really important just to make sure that if you're doing all the right things and your body's still not recovering, just to make sure that you don't have any mold toxicity that's preventing you from actually healing. It is truly possible to get rid of it. How long does that take depends on the person and how much mold is in them. If they're still in the moldy environment, um, you cannot heal until you're out of the environment fully. You will breathe in the spores through the air if, if you are. Um, what organs can be affected? Every organ. It's really toxic everywhere, like neurological, adrenal, um, your gut, like every single organ can really be affected by mold. Some of the symptoms that I, again, that I see um, are a lot of neurological issues, um, brain fog, constipation, fatigue, sugar cravings. Um, I personally can tell you that I experienced when I had mold, like my heart felt like it was compressed. My adrenal glands were shot. I had high cortisol and high blood sugars. I looked like a diabetic when my diet was great. I tracked my macros. I was eating plenty of food. Um, and it was just like this state of constant stress on the body um, that I couldn't understand where it was coming from. Um, the next question of that chain was, should you only treat for it if it's been verified that you have it? Absolutely. Like, right, we don't treat for problems that don't exist. Um, we don't we don't go fishing for problems either, right? I think that so many natural medicine and integrative practitioners nowadays, they come to you and they're like, oh, you have heavy metals and you have mold and you have dysbiosis and candida and all these things. And you're just like, dude, no, this person just needs to eat right, sleep, sleep a little bit and get some rest and, and their body probably will recover fine on its own, right? Um, and I feel like that's just like so much money wasted down the drain by so many people where they're like, oh, I want to get all these tests done. And it's like, what is that? What is the point of all of that? No, Dasha, they, they did a foot bath and it told them all of those things. Right, right. <laughs> I got my yellow foot bath to tell me that my joints are hurting. I was like, oh, this is fun. Was it 20 bucks? Yeah, it was 20 bucks. It was easy. And I had to sit there anyways, waiting for my mom to get her treatment. So I was like, yeah, whatever. I was with that. I was like, I want to do one. Right? It's kind of like you go to the, it's kind of like you go to a carnival and there's like a really cheap like person there telling you you're, for you're doing fortune telling. And you're just like, you're like, I know this means nothing, but I kind of want to do it anyways. Yeah. All right. Well, that was all the questions I promised there, this time around. Now, there is one in the uh, questions or in the uh, comments that we skipped over. 
Uh, it was the follow-up on the birth control one. Uh, said also coming off Mirena IUD is the same type of nutrients that you're looking for and all that. Mirena, yeah, so, because Mirena is not a copper IUD. So, any type of, like, hormonal pill or, um, I'm trying to think of. Implant? Yeah, implant, that's the word. Oh, Kyler, thank you. Implant, yeah. <laughs> so, if you're coming off of that, we still need to make sure that we're repleting all or potentially any lost, like, micronutrients and supporting your body in the most healthy way we can by giving it lots of nutrition. Mm-hmm. And remember that this isn't complicated, just like I said, right? Like, we don't have to do anything special that we weren't already doing. Just like I said, like most people, they just need some rest, they need to be fed well, and they need to be fed nutrients, right? Like, that's really the key to almost all all problems. Um, we just tend to overcomplicate it a lot by with all these testings and all this over. But what about birth? It's like, your body will re-regulate on its own. And if it doesn't, we'll, we will know. We will know. And we will uh, take the appropriate action when necessary. Yeah, it's always the stasis. Yeah. It does. That's what it do. righty. Well, that is it for this week. Kyler, you don't have any other questions, do you? Actually, I have one more just popped up. Let's do it. Let's do it. Their CRP. Mm-hmm. So your CRP is a is like an inflammatory protein marker that we tend to track during times of stress, or if you have something like RA or an IBD or something any sort of autoimmune condition, a lot of times people just use that as like an inflammatory marker. Um, so we have helped people with, for example, Jody had her CRP was three hundred and thirty, and we got it down to a lifetime low of thirty just by changing again, diet, lifestyle, nutrition through core perform. Um, and the same thing I've had patients with IBD who are at 43 with their CRP and we lower it down to another lifetime low of 11. Um, so really when it comes to CRP, it's about healing the gut, healing the drivers of that inflammation for you, whether that be stress or something in the in the body so again diet nutrition lifestyle everything comes down to those those kind of basic support systems all right and with that we will close it off because it is almost four o'clock so thank you guys all for joining this week be sure to join our um, facebook community the link to join that is in the show notes Um, And we also do a giveaway every single month. So be sure to leave us a review and send us a screenshot of it to our Corp Form page. We'll enter you into the giveaway. Um, We'll start this month off fresh halfway through the month. So if you do so, you'll probably be a winner. (laughs) So we'll announce that in a couple weeks. And um, yeah, looking forward to next week. Uh, Be sure to ask your questions in the Facebook group. Awesome. All right. Bye, guys.